and welcome to the Everyday Goddess podcast. This week we will be discussing how to change your relationship with alcohol. We want to start with a few disclaimers. We are not medical professionals and we are just discussing our own experience and relationship with drinking. If you feel like you are really struggling with drinking to excess or alcoholism, then we would advise seeking help either through your local GP or if this feels too overwhelming, the mind.org.uk website has lots of useful resources for your perusal. We will also be discussing some things that may be triggering to those that have either suffered or are suffering with addiction issues, and also those who have experienced trauma as a result of addiction. Hello and welcome back for another week of the Everyday Goddess podcast. We're going to be talking about... Drinking. Yeah, changing your relationship with alcohol. Well, I just think that everyone uses alcohol as a form of nervous system regulation almost. Like people can't cope with their own lives and they use alcohol as the answer. Like if you're too stressed, alcohol. Work was really long and overwhelming. Come home, have a couple of glasses of wine. Like celebrating alcohol. Mm. Going through a breakup, alcohol. Yes. Um, connecting with your friends, alcohol. Mm. It's the answer to everything. Yeah, I definitely don't think everyone uses it. Like, it's not like everyone is has a bad day at work and is like, oh, need a glass of wine. But that is very much socially acceptable. Well, it's I very just, much yeah. like people be like, oh, deserve a glass of wine after this week or whatever. If you had a stressful week, that is the terminology and conversations that people have well I literally even today was at a play group and um the woman who run that ran the play group was talking about what she was going to do over the half term and she said oh yes once I'm probably finished with doing all that I'm going to need a drink and like I think especially I think there's a really like concerning um narrative especially like within motherhood where they're like mummy's wine mummy needs a drink there's so many like memes about it and like Mm. funny little tiktoks about it that like mums need wine to survive because parenting is so stressful Mm. and the answer is to put your kids to bed and drink loads of wine or hell not even have them in bed yet yeah and like to have already started to drink yeah i haven't actually seen because obviously i'm not a mum so i probably don't get that sort of content on my feed but that's so interesting that that is the narrative. But it doesn't surprise me at all. Like, parenting is a stress. It's it is stressful. There's so many amazing things about it, but it can be really triggering and it's exhausting. Yeah, it's exactly. literally got to be like the most exhausting thing you can do. Like, I'm currently running on very little sleep. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's quite easy when you are this level of exhausted. Like, for some context. My kids are both ill, they've got terrible coughs and like, you know what it's like when you're an adult, when you have a terrible cough, you struggle to sleep. But like, obviously when you're small, you're very confused about why you're coughing so much and why you can't sleep and whatever. And it just causes lots of tears. And yeah, the last two nights I've been woken up a lot in the night by really inconsolable little children. And then they've both woken up four was one of the wake-ups for the day and five was the other one and they just were, were woken up by a huge coughing fit. Um, and yeah, just exhausting. But I think then you, when you're this level of exhausted, you, you go straight into survival mode. Um, 
rather than like proper presence and you just need to get to the end of the day because you're so tired and I think parents sometimes kind of use the drink at the end of the day as like the reward or like the thing that they're working towards or like they need something to like congratulate themselves almost for like getting through a really difficult day yeah or to soothe themselves I guess to soothe themselves maybe if they have felt really triggered throughout the day using that to soothe rather than you know trying to actually use methods that might help to release some of the emotion or actually process the things that have happened it's like what is an immediate thing that I can reach for that's gonna fix everything right um yeah they I think in terms of like me and my relationship with alcohol I don't think I've ever had like a super unhealthy relationship with alcohol especially not in today's society but I definitely have done in the past use alcohol for exactly what you're saying like takes you out of your reality for a little bit doesn't it um you know whether that's like stress with work lots of things I think just dealing with stress as a means of having fun like the only way to have fun is to get drunk um and yeah I think early on in my parenting journey like I I was like that I was like oh I can have a glass of wine maybe this evening um as like that kind of reward so yeah so you said you about your journey with alcohol Mm. so what when you were young what was like what where was your relationship with alcohol when you were young maybe a teenager compared to where you are now yeah so I think like probably a good place for us both to start would maybe to talk about what we've grown up around in terms of like relationships with alcohol because obviously as we know from like inner child healing and stuff so much of what you experience as a child or you're around as a child like even if it's subconscious and you don't even realize it will be defining what you are like when you're older in some sort of way and our parents are of that generation which I think you know quite a lot of people's parents are like this a lot of my friends parents are like this anyway where yeah alcohol alcohol is part of the daily routine like having a couple of glasses of wine with dinner at the end of the day is part of the daily routine and I think that generation especially don't see that as unhealthy like they certainly wouldn't equate it as like alcoholism to drink like two glasses of wine every night or have like a bottle of wine with their partner they just wouldn't see it as a problem at all um and yeah, that's kind of what we grew up around. Um, our parents, yeah, drinking wine every single night after school. They were drinking wine every single night. You know, it would be part of the weekend routine, like to go to a restaurant and drink alcohol there, like even if it was just the afternoon. Um, yeah, I think in terms of like the culture at home, it was quite actually quite a big part of it. And I think as a result of that, when I became a teenager, it became quite a big part of my life, I guess. Um, Mum and Dad were did things that I actually think were quite like healthy ways of managing younger, like young people with alcohol. Like they were very like open and honest about it, which I think was great. And I think, yeah, I think they handled it really well because I saw a lot of my friends kind of buy alcohol from the corner shop where you didn't need ID and drink it all online a field obliterated drunk out of their mind Mm. whereas like mum and dad actually cultivated like a really kind of healthy 
level of honest communication and like almost like safety I guess where I felt like we could call them if we had too much to drink and also you could say you were going to go to a party and drink and yeah I think that actually kept I well for me anyway I feel like they kept me quite safe in an environment where you're like 14 15 years old and everyone's starting to experiment with drinking and it's not ever done in a very healthy way Um, And they also, you know, sat me down and were like, this is a unit of alcohol. Like, this is what it looks like in a glass of wine. And this is what it looks like in a vodka shot. And like, you know, if you drank this whole bottle of vodka, you would be unwell in hospital or, you know, heaven forbid, dead if you drank that much. Like, it's so bad for you. Mm. And I think that's something that they really did so well. Um, But... I think even in teenagers, I think even especially in teenagers, because people don't understand alcohol well enough, we don't really understand that it is, it is a drug that like, you know, warps your reality and makes it far more difficult to emotionally regulate and all of that sort of stuff. And I just think that I have quite a lot of weird memories from drinking as a teenager. I don't know about you. They say um, that if alcohol would, like came out now, was discovered now, then it wouldn't be legal. Oh yeah, 100%. Whatsoever. Yeah. But what was my experience is, well, I just used to, I think because I had low self-confidence, um, I think I just used to, and also I was struggling mentally, mm-hmm. but I definitely used to use alcohol to just like get that confidence and feel like I was somebody different to who I was during the day. Um, so yeah, I definitely think I had that, which was not healthy at all. I, I would go out, when I was about 17, I would probably go out a lot, um, for that age, or at least I felt like it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would definitely drink to excess, but I think for me, with mum and dad, you did always, they would always say, like, if you need us, just call, like, if you need to get home or whatever. Which was so good. Because I definitely I think, used that. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I used it for my friends even. Like if I Same. was stuck with my friend not being okay, I would call mum or dad to be like, please, can you come pick us up? Whereas so many people were like fearful and scared to go home mm. and like for their parents to know that they were drinking or that drunk. And yeah, so I think that was really helpful just knowing... Like, if you do take it too far, that they're going to be there and you'll, you will be safe. Like, you'll be looked after. Whereas I think a lot of people, drinking is something that they have to hide. And, yeah, that they can't let their parents know that they do. So then that feels unsafe. Yeah. Oh, it just reminded me of being that age and, like, getting the, like, vodka out of, like, mum and dad's cupboard. And, like, drawing a line on it. Tipping the vodka out. <laughs> you went to the point of drawing a line on well it. no you would like put your finger where the, the vodka was up to and then you would tip it out into like like the bottle or whatever and then top it up with water back up to the line so no one knew but they obviously wouldn't know because they'd be like oh this is a bit weak yeah true yeah they probably did know I'm sure if I discussed it with them now they'd be like yeah no shit sure. yeah <laughs> yeah that she sat there with my finger like Thinking you were like Einstein. Yeah, literally. It's interesting yeah. that you you did that at 14. at 14 was probably when I first developed like my eating disorder. Mm. Yeah, yours was like must control. 
And mine, mine was like... Your, your, I feel like you were more like external in your behaviour. Mm, oh, yeah. Like with getting angry or like going and doing rebellious things. Yeah. Whereas I always was very internal, like, and that was my eating disorder. Yours was like control from the inside and mine yeah. was just like overflowing overwhelming mm. like emotion and like just being completely out of control basically mm. um and then yeah then I went to uni which was just I mean it was like anyone else's uni experience like everyone drank like a couple of times a week well not like your uni experience to be we'll fair but yeah, drinking a lot at uni, and then I left and became a teacher, and wow, the drinking culture in teaching. I think because it's so hard, it's such a like, I mean, physically and mentally and emotionally draining job. You know, you're like on your feet for the whole time that you're teaching all day, physically draining. You might be restraining kids who are fighting. And then just, I mean, the emotions of it, of teaching I, I did teach in an inner London school though um but yeah I think just the emotional strain of just some of the things that were going on at home in these kids lives was just so overwhelming and not feeling like you can do enough to help and because of that like teachers will go to the pub on a Wednesday well at the school that I was teaching at would be like in the pub on a Wednesday evening and you're like manager would be so drunk that they're like falling off their seat in the pub at like six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> God, that really is not great, is it? I set, know. set a good example for the kids. I know, and this is the thing. Within kind of like that culture of the school that I was teaching in and stuff, I was like, I have a great relationship with alcohol because I wasn't getting that drunk that I was falling off my chair mm. in the pub on a Wednesday. So I was like, I'm fine. Like, I can have a couple of drinks and I'm okay. Yeah, it's funny because whatever you're surrounded by, I think that can really, it completely shapes your perspective of, you know, whatever your circumstances are, whether it's drinking alcohol, taking drugs. Like, if you go to a school where everyone takes drugs... You wouldn't bat an eyelid. Mm. But then you might meet a different group of people and be like, they'll be like, what? You take drugs? Yeah. And it's just whatever you are surrounded by is so much, it affects what you think and your perspective and the things that you do. Like they say, I think it's something about like whoever the five people closest you surround yourself with, mm. like that is a sum of who you'll be yeah and it's it's yeah sometimes it's good to have a bit of an awareness of who you are surrounding yourself by yeah. because it might be detrimental to who you want to be or where you want to get to or anything well I yeah I mean I only now reflect back on things and think that wasn't okay well that what wasn't healthy I just even think like I even think when I was teaching like yeah I'd drink like a couple of times a week and I'm like, that's now, to me, is unhealthy. Yeah. But back then, I was like, well, you know, four days out of the week, I'm sober. Yeah. And I'm not drinking at work, so I don't have a drinking problem, and I'm not, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that is, that is what the culture is. People assume, I don't wake up and drink alcohol in the morning, I don't have a problem. Mm. And it's like... But would you be able to just be like, okay, cool, not going to drink the whole of this week? And that be okay. This whole month. Yeah. 
Easy peasy, could yeah. you just not drink? Could yeah. you be really stressed and have had a shit day and, and not have not a drink? reach for that. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so much of it is about when you are in distress, like... Can you cope yeah. without? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I think... I think quite a lot of the population would be, if they sat down and looked at it that way, would probably be quite shocked. Because mm. I, just, I just think it's so normal to just be like, I've had a shit day. Oh, relax on the sofa with a nice glass of wine or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's because it's what people have been fed. Like for so many years, that is what people have been fed, and that has well, been the society. So, yeah. so that's why, because it it just has that. It, it is what it is, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. just society told you that. It's like so many things that society tells us. Like you should go to university you should get a nine-to-five job all of these things that so many people are doing mm. but and on like autopilot without thinking does this actually make me happy is this healthy yeah yeah um and I think yeah so I then obviously made the decision to change my relationship with alcohol well I guess you got pregnant so yeah I mean that obviously that absolutely obviously is the beginning of it however loads of people give birth and are like instantly like Oh, yeah. Let's have a drink. Whatever. Yeah, like, can't wait to drink once the nine months. Yeah. And I think kind of a defining moment for me, or a small series of defining moments for me, in terms of, like, really deciding to, like, completely change my relationship with alcohol, was seeing the way our parents have handled the way that they drink, and, like, actually looking at the way that's impacted us. And then... Um, being in relationships with people who I think have a really like unhealthy relationship with alcohol like I've you know seen people start drinking far too early in the day very hard liquor Um, and just yeah and just being like and then becoming a single parent myself and just being like I'm never going to expose my kids to things that like I've experienced or that I've been around and like I just want to really model to them like a really healthy relationship with alcohol and like what does that look like and I think when I first started on that journey it was to just not drink alcohol at all Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like if anyone really wants to change their relationship with alcohol I think not like having a really long extended period of time where you don't drink like not just like stoptober or whatever they call it or like dry january mm-hmm. like i'm talking a long period of time like six months nine months a year like a really long extended period of time where you create new coping mechanisms for where you would have like a glass of wine or a gin and tonic or whatever it is that you would do and so that was the first thing that i did for nine months i just did not have a drop of alcohol for nine months basically like had another pregnancy <laughs> Um, and in those nine months, I completely changed my relationship with alcohol because when I was in a position where I was like, oh, I would have a glass of wine here or I would have a drink here, I would think about what it was that I wanted to get from the drink. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to have a glass of wine because I was stressed and I needed to like de-stress, I would think, okay, how can I achieve that without having a drink? And actually, when you start to do that, you find far healthier coping mechanisms that actually fix the problem. 
rather than making it worse because you know if we're honest with ourselves alcohol is a depressant it makes it worse anxiety the next yeah. day like it actually makes your problems worse not better in the long run i think run. It's, it's temporary relief isn't it yeah. it's like it that evening you'll be like oh this is helping me so much but the next day when you wake up and you've got like you feel all groggy and you've got a cloudy head that's obviously not going to mm. make anyone feel good yeah so so these are a few of the things that i think people like might come across when they decide to stop drinking and like maybe we could offer them some alternatives of things that you could do if if you know you're in that situation and you've chosen to like step away from alcohol for a bit mm. so the first one is obviously stress now now i literally very rarely drink i'd say i drink like i never ever 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 drink when i have the kids ever even if they're in bed i'm not having a drink like i i just don't drink with the kids around um which is obviously 95% of my life. Uh, so with them now, and like, I'm probably dealing with the most stress that I've ever dealt with. If I've had a really stressful day and it would have been a situation where I'd be like, I'll have a glass of wine. Now I invest that energy in like doing breath work to calm my nervous system down, journaling about whatever's made me feel really stressed. If I'm exhausted, I go to bed early. Um, reading books like you know finding a tv series that you're actually really enjoying not one where you're like numbing out and like scrolling on your phone and you're not really watching it like something you're genuinely like really invested in and enjoying having a ritual bar like do any form of self-care to actually help deal with the stress mm. um is what yeah. i would do in that situation if i'm I mean, I don't even crave wine, actually, and I don't even crave a drink or think I need a drink in any of those situations anymore. It's, like, so now not part of my life. Mm. And honestly, that nine months where I didn't drink, I think, is what completely transformed transformed that. I guess you've basically created, like, new neural pathways, not the one that's like, we we need a drink. <laughs> wine! Wine! <laughs> The little neural pathway in your brain, wine is the answer. It's gone. Um, yeah, so stress. What else would we say? What other situations? Yeah, where you would like turn to drinking. Uh, like confidence or, yeah, confidence. If you're going on a date, maybe you'd be like, oh God, I need a few glasses of wine or something to get myself in the right headspace. Yeah. And I guess things that would help with that would be plan like, a date that's not a drinking like a dinner date yeah i've done like yeah, day like a dates bit, a bit more of yeah. an activity also something i know this is bad but something you can duck out of like if you say let's go for a walk with a yeah. and get a coffee or whatever it's quite easy for you to just be like oh this has been lovely like finish for coffee cool let's go um if you're feeling really overwhelmed and nervous but also probably affirmations like yeah. saying affirmations to yourself before you go yeah. just that you are confident that you're enough you're worthy of love or whatever it is that you need to hear in that moment to make yourself feel more confident and comfortable with the situation well also i think it's really helpful to remind yourself that like you can step away from a date like i need the toilet like you can go into a toilet and like take some deep breaths mm. do your affirmations again and then like oh, come yeah. back out with more confidence yeah i mean even if you don't need to do affirmations and just feel like everything's a bit much it's so fine you don't even need a reason to just step out it's yeah. not 
it's not nothing to do with the other person and they if they get triggered by it then that's they that's need them, to manage yeah. that themselves um so yeah uh i guess because confidence was a lot of the reason i drank before i guess escapism is probably another reason people might drink which is kind of a harder one to say these are things that are really helpful for because you can't always escape the reality of life <laughs> but i guess I if i had to yeah i think there's little things you can do yeah if i had to say two things I'd probably say meditation and visualisation would be a great one, just trying to visualise visualise yourself being somewhere else or visualise where you want to be in life. Maybe you're, you have things that are struggling, you're struggling with right now, but where do you want to be? Like, what is that ultimate goal? And visualising that to help you escape from maybe where you're at right now. And then the other one, which I've loved, is just great, the cinema, <laughs> which I guess you can do even at home just like actually kind of transporting yourself to another person's world and another person's scenario for two two hours or whatever and I mean obviously a rom-com or something you probably don't want to watch like a zombie apocalypse film unless you're you maybe <laughs> but yeah I wouldn't say that was great escapism for me but each to their own whatever floats yeah, you need to do like what makes you feel good I think in terms of escapism if you're someone who's like, I need to go out and get blackout drunk, like, think about, like, what is that escapism giving to you? Like, are you going to a bar and getting blackout drunk? Like, what's the good bit of what you're doing? Like, if you're going to a bar and drinking loads as a form of escapism, like, is the bar the thing that's actually helping with the escapism? Like, is it being around your friends or like dancing to lots of music, like what is it that's actually like giving you that form of like escapism from your life? Because it's not actually yeah. normally the alcohol, it's normally where you are whilst drinking the alcohol. Yeah. So like for instance with us, um, like one of the things I discovered was almost that kind of escapism, or like that kind of release that you get when you go out and have a big night. And I was like, how can I achieve that same sort of feeling without without drinking alcohol and um yeah we stumbled across something called ecstatic dance because I was like one of the things I love about going out is like dancing loads and listening to great music and found something called ecstatic dance which is basically like you go and everyone dances almost like a club but no one drinks no one's taking drugs and it's just really safe, like there's such a nice energy and vibe there because everyone's like on the same sort of wavelength as you and it's all like very friendly and... Yeah, well you can't talk, you're not mm. allowed to talk in the room so that helps and also if you don't want to dance with someone you can just gesture, it's not like when you're in a club maybe and then some yeah, someone's touching people you, yeah. can come up to you. Um, so yeah, and I also think there's uh, Sober Girl Society they also do like mixes and dance classes mm. for people who are either sober curious or are sober or yeah just thinking about their relationship with alcohol a bit more then they do loads of different events yeah. I think they do one they used to do something on zoom like every Saturday or something um just to chat to people and meet some people who are kind of sober curious or sober because it isn't necessarily that common, especially for younger people um, who, yeah, if you're in your 20s or whatever, I think it is really, really common for people to drink. So, 
it's harder to find people maybe that you relate to on that level. Mm. I actually think choosing not to drink can open your whole world up so much more because well, you, you suddenly are like, what else? Yeah, you see who your friends actually aren't just using you to drink with. But also, like, you open yourself up to, like, oh, I have all these other hobbies I could look in and, like, maybe I'm going to start going to this yoga class or, like, going to a sound bath on a Saturday or going to this exhibition at this museum or, like, you open yourself up to, like, so many other different types of things to do and actually your life becomes fuller Mm. for that reason. Yeah, definitely. There's so many... I've gone, like... What have I done? Oh, I've done, like, perfume making and all sorts with people who... I've met who don't drink or whatever. Obviously, you'd still go for mocktails. I've gone for mocktails with people who don't drink at all. Um, but yeah, because I feel like I haven't explained the rest of my journey. Yeah, so I feel that, like you should explain because yours is like we both grew up in a similar environment, but it's manifested very differently. Yeah. Like, obviously, for with me, I, like, did get involved in drinking culture and all that sort of stuff, and you did... Mm. I think I was involved in drinking culture maybe when I was, like, maybe, like, 14 to 17. But then kind of when I was legal, I was a bit like, hmm, I'm not sure this is that great anymore. Um, But I went to uni, and me, I drank for probably the first week of uni. Freshers got really drunk. Um... And then after that, I didn't really drink at all. And it was, I mean, I guess it was some of the awareness of it just doesn't make me feel great. Some of it was eating disorder-wise, just calories. It's so much anxiety. And then what you're going to eat the next day, because not many people wake up when they're hungover and think, really want a green salad. smoothie and yeah. salad. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my relationship with alcohol at uni. I would say I could probably count the number of times that I went out maximum on two hands maybe even like one hand I really didn't go out that much especially drinking um there was a few nights actually that I went out at uni without drinking um and I would go like basically ready for bed I remember one night I went out and I took my dressing gown and like makeup wipes I cleaned my teeth before I went out and obviously was then just drinking water so I was like ready for bed when I got home from this time I drove as well because mm. obviously I wasn't drinking and I was like this is great this is how everyone should do it you can go and have a bit of a boogie um but yeah so I didn't really drink that much at uni still went out a little bit but if I did it was often sober and then now I, I, I do sometimes drink but if I do it's not a lot like I can't remember the last time I felt like tipsy or drunk. Yeah, I feel like now we should actually probably talk about like if you then like after you've had a period of a break, if you yeah. were really heavily involved in drinking mm. culture, like how you then can drink in a more conscious in yes. a more conscious way. Yeah, I think just trying to when you are going to something, checking in with yourself, like how do I feel right now? How does my body feel? Do I feel like I actually would enjoy the drink for some what reason. is it gonna is it going to add something positive to my night mm. like some of the questions I ask myself is the people that I'm with do they make me feel safe do they always make me feel like really positive and happy like is this going to be like an enjoyable time together mm. um like there's certain situations with certain people where I just wouldn't touch alcohol anymore because I just know it's just not gonna 
It's just going to make me more triggered. Um, yeah, who am I with? Where am I going? Is it somewhere where I feel safe? Is it somewhere where I yeah, like feel like I'm going to be able to manage my emotions? Um, am I doing it for the right reasons? Like checking in with yourself and being like, am I about to drink this because I feel like I need to be confident because I'm going somewhere new? Or am I about to drink it because I feel like I need to get out of my head or like yeah. checking in with the reason why you would be doing it and making sure it's one where you're like I'm gonna have a couple of drinks with my best friend because we're gonna have a laugh and like I'm going to stop yeah and also well. feeling the mindset of like I can give or take it like I can have a few drinks but I could also just leave it but maybe in that moment that's what you want to do and that's absolutely fine don't I think when you I think asking yourself will I be able to stop because I think when you lean into binge drinking, like, that's when it becomes unhealthy. Like, are you going to be able to have, like, one or two cocktails and then stop? Mm. Or are you going to have five cocktails, half a bottle of wine, and it, like, descend into that? Like, are you actually going to be able to stop? Yeah. Which I think is obviously a far more conscious way of drinking because you're stopping at the point where you're, like, happy and tipsy and not out of control. Yeah. Um... I actually recently went to a club for the first time in the years. Um, went to what well, it was like a bar at first and then it became like a bit of a club. And I picked my drink up, I had a cocktail. I picked it up, I took one sip of it and like my whole body was just like, no. Like my whole body was just like, no, I don't, I don't want alcohol today. And like I just chose to listen to my body. I was like, my body clearly knows something that I don't know. I like gave my drink to my friend and I had the best time. Like I was completely sober, danced until like two or three o'clock in the morning. Everyone in this club was like drunk or like quite evidently on drugs as well. But I just had a great time. Like I yeah. literally just had so much fun. Yeah. And I'm like, what did I miss out on? Like I don't think the alcohol would have brought anything to that apart from like probably actually something quite negative to what was a really fun experience. Mm, I've done so many nights out sober and I just think I still have so much fun Mm. I I have more fun if anything because I'm like I'm so in control of like what I'm doing where I'm going and yeah just have have a great time have a good dance I think some of it is you just also have to realize I think some of it's like oh dancing like people feel like they need the confidence to dance but actually if everyone in there is absolutely slaughtered anyway Oh yeah, they don't care. What they you're aren't going to remember your <laughs> yeah. dance moves tomorrow. Like yeah. everyone is so much more focused on themselves that yeah, it just you should tune out of other people basically and realize no one else gives a shit. Just if you want to dance, dance. Well, and there's actually a level of healing in that because mm. you're letting go of a level of shame that you're carrying mm. and like stepping more towards being like your authentic self. Because you're like, I don't need alcohol to be this version of me. Like, this version of me exists without alcohol. Like, I can just learn to, like, let go of the shame and, like, counter every negative thought that I have around it. Yeah. Rather than letting alcohol do that for me. Yeah, That makes you feel so much more like a bad bitch than if you were, like, drunk doing it, you know? Like, you wake up the next day and you're like, I dance all night sober. Yeah. And I didn't give a fuck. Whereas when you wake up hungover, sometimes it's like, what did I do last night? Yeah. People have that anxiety of not remembering. Yeah. We shouldn't have that. No. You're like, I can remember it all crystal clear. Yeah. I actually now as well, like, I've had so many things recently where I've, like, gone to the pub for lunch, had one drink, 
mm. and just had like a really delicious cocktail and felt like a tiny little bit di- like dizzy and like a tiny little bit tipsy obviously gone within like an hour or two and just like yeah just left it at that one or two drinks um you just like get all the nice like little warm fuzzy feeling you actually enjoy the cocktail you're drinking you're like this is delicious I actually tend to lean towards having a cocktail as well now rather than like a wine yeah cocktails can feel quite special I guess because it's Mm. always like what's this one gonna taste like they've always got like little things on the top of them and like Mm. makes you feel a bit I don't know like sassy like you're in sex in the city with your like sassy Sassy. cocktail yeah (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) with your one drink yeah I've like been able to start yeah doing that now I have literally one or two drinks yeah me too well I mean I didn't really have I guess I've been drunk when I was very young but yeah you have always so. been like very you've never really been a very big drinker at all no I just used to get too drunk when I was young and you were like never again mm. I think that part like our age group that's actually quite crazy that you've done that though and just been like no like I'm not going to indulge in what everyone else is indulging in yeah oh god whenever I reflect on like when I was younger I do look at the decisions I made and I'm like I actually stuck to my guns so much in a situation where it would be so easy not to have done that honestly like especially in our family like dad's like you're ill get a drink down you oh god like (laughs) stuff like this all the time I just (laughs) I know so now I don't like have a drink it'll fix your yeah like i'll be like i'm tired and ill all the time but i have a drink but it's like anytime i had a drink i'd just end up with a sore throat too so it was like yeah just brought it on even more but yes anyway that's kind of our journeys (laughs) with alcohol but yeah i think just i think you can drink in a way that's like far healthier and it's not really destructive like that is possible but i do think i would say that if you are someone who does have the like normal society's normal relationship with alcohol where it you do drink a couple of times a week and like do use it for like unhealthy reasons i would definitely say like having a break from drinking makes such a big difference yeah even if you don't feel like you want to have a break just starting to become more aware of the thought processes around it and your behaviours to do with it because mm. awareness is where everyone starts is just actually noticing what the yeah. patterns are what are the stories you're telling yourself in your brain or being yeah. more conscious about it mm. I actually in terms of like being completely authentic and honest had something fairly recently where I realised the next day I had not drunk in a conscious way and that I had actually used alcohol in a way that was like quite unhealthy and destructive mm. um, to do with like yeah confidence or getting out of your head um, yeah I just realised the next day I was like oh like I, by the way when I say drank loads I had like three glasses of wine yeah I mean I, loads <laughs> I had different to every single yeah, person yeah. I had literally like three glasses of wine and um like a tiny shot glass of sake yeah it was vile oh my god never again but anyway besides that that was yeah i woke up the next morning after that i was so anxious in fact i was so anxious that i slept really badly that night god i hate that yeah and the next day i was just like yeah i just drank in a really unhealthy way 
that was not for the right reasons. Um, and that's okay, also being, like, compassionate and forgiving to yourself if oh, you do yeah. do that. Oh, yeah, you're not going to get... Everyone's a human being. Like, you're not going to always be perfect and this, like, perfect, like, holier-than-thou conscious drinker, like, who always makes excellent decisions. Like, everyone, you know, everyone, like, not even... It wasn't even a mistake because I reflected on it and it's not like I had some huge destructive night where I did lots of awful things. I basically just woke up the next day and was like, hmm, upon reflection... I did that and in a way that probably wasn't the healthiest. Yeah. It wasn't for the best reasons. Like, I think subconsciously I was really trying to get out of my head and it wasn't, it wasn't for a good reason. No. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting to have that awareness that you wouldn't have had before. You would have just done that and then been like, oh God, I'm really hungover today, suffered the consequences. I wasn't even hungover, done I was just it all. really anxious. Yeah, but you would have done that all, like people do that all again, don't they, the next week? Yeah. So often. I think it would have been really easy as well to just be like, I feel really anxious because I'm not with the boys at the moment. Mm. Like that's me just having like separation anxiety rather than like looking more deeply at it because it's like in reality, I don't always have anxiety like that when I'm away from them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I feel like, yeah, if you want any more, like, or if you have any of your own tips and tricks on, like, how to change your relationship with alcohol, like, we'd love to hear them. And, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and, like, they feel like they've had the realisation that maybe they use alcohol in a really unhealthy way, like, we're sending you so much love because, like, this is the beginning of a journey where you're going to, like, yeah just transform your relationship with alcohol and like actually enjoy it (laughs) yeah actually enjoy it and like also when you're not drinking in that sort of way like when you drink put that much alcohol in your body that's when you do lots of like re-traumatizing things like bring up old trauma and then create new trauma whilst bringing up the old trauma (laughs) yes great cycle yes <laughs> really selling it to me um cool but yeah well thank you so much for listening to this episode of the everyday goddess and thank you so much for listening to the first series of our podcast as well this is episode 10 so it is our final one of the series and we really really hope you've enjoyed it we will be back for series two But if you have anything that you would like us to talk about, chat about, if you have any questions or advice you'd like, then please do just DM us on Everyday Goddess Podcast and we will make sure to include them. So thank you so much. Bye.